Hello everyone, I am Leah Juarez, one of the creators of Chingona. Now before this episode begins, I want to explain our situation. There are four people working on the Chingona podcast, two are in Colorado and two are in Texas. We recorded this episode via Skype call and spliced the Texas and Colorado recordings together, but didn't use the same recording method. So if it sounds like we're in two different rooms, it's because we are. But please try to not let that distract you. I promise we'll get better at this. Also, if you don't know what Chingona is, it is Spanish slang for a badass woman. And we're trying to share the stories of badass women doing badass things. So without further ado, here is episode one of Chingona. I'm Kristen Cabrera, and I'm Nadia Tamez, and we're in Austin, Texas right now, and a little bit about how this podcast came to be, I moved, we're both from the Rio Grande Valley, RGV, and I had, 956, I had recently moved from Corpus Christi here in Austin, I don't know what it was about that particular time, I think I was feeling like this like kind of lost right yeah like <clears throat> it was postgraduate our postgraduate feelings you know yeah. we're trying to navigate the workforce trying to you know be badass women in a working position and kind of it gets hard you know especially yeah. after graduation after you're, you're a student you go into the real world and you're like oh shit <laughs> and I think part of it had to do with the fact for me at least coming from the valley mm-hmm. living most of my life in an area like any given time you're at least like 95 percent latina mm-hmm. or hispanic population around you and then just moving around and not seeing latina representation was and it still kind of is a culture shock yeah so so when you google the rio grande valley you'll find us very very all the way down very southern tip of texas yeah someone was like oh in corpus and i was like no Keep going. And they're Keep like, going. oh, you mean all the way down? I'm like, yes, I mean all the way down. Yes. But so. Stuff is there. Guys. Yeah. So it's six hours. Well, six hours if you go the speed limit and five hours, <laughs> five hours if you speed a little bit away from Austin where we live right now. Yeah. And just the culture shock is so, it's so drastic. Mm-hmm. And definitely I would find myself, my first year in Austin, I find myself hanging out on the east side a lot just because it felt like, felt like home. Like, I can go to a grocery store and, like, find all my favorite, you know, foods that were from the valley. Or I can go to a truck and then find, like, Lucas and, like, the candies and stuff Or like you can that. get, like, a mangonada yeah. at, like, some store on right. the side and nowhere else. Yes, and it was all fine. There's We were surrounded by more minorities and it was great. So I think navigating that aspect kind of got brought us together because we're yeah. both from the valley. And got us talking about this podcast wanting to make this podcast celebrating badass women mm-hmm. minority women primarily because but then yeah. we started realizing like oh it doesn't really have to be obviously a minority woman we just want yeah. to see badass women working for the cause for the better yeah 
And I ca- that's how we kind of got started. And we also have two other badass women joining us on our podcast. Yes. Uh, we want to throw it over to them and say hi. They are all the way in Colorado. What's up, Colorado? Hey. hey. What's up? What's up? <laughs> like, you guys are not just like randos that we found we on the We all internet. went to school together. Yes. UTPA to- for life. Yes. The former UTPA um, at Edinburgh. We all met in the Pan American Newsroom. Yeah. But now you ladies are up in Colorado where there's snow, which I'm so scared of. I don't know how you do it. Yeah. So you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves so people can know your voices. So my name is Leah Juarez, also from the Rio Grande Valley, and uh, moved up to Denver about five, six months ago. Moved up here <laughs> without a job or a place to live, but I have those now. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> There's a happy ending to the story. She's not unemployed and homeless. <laughs> um, the reason I wanted to start this podcast with other strong female journalists. We do all have a journalism background. It was just because I felt like there was a void that needed to be filled. And there was just, there's that demographic that I just feel like women, which it started out with particularly minorities, but you just don't get to hear their stories a whole lot. And I just wanted to tell those stories. I wanted to show the world that there's just, you know, badass women doing badass things. And that's how Chingona came because me, Nadia and Karen and Kristen just kind of thought it would be a cool thing to do. Karen. Karen, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Hi, I'm Karen. (laughs) I guess I should start by saying, so I'm also here in Longmont. I work as a local reporter. So if you follow me on Twitter, you're going to be like, what is all this news about fracking and marijuana? It's like, that's, <laughs> that's my job. That's what I follow. <laughs> and I'm white. Um, <laughs> true <What>? life. <laughs> you are. How am I just finding this out? <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, this is, this you're is, awesome, though. This is one thing that I've kind of noticed throughout in the Valley, especially with, like, Anglos. Anglo, I mean, Anglos are, were... Anglos are a minority within the valley, but we also all kind of shared the same experience of growing up in that area, and we all kind of yeah. shared the same culture. And I mean, you you went to college, and so you got to experience the same culture growing yeah. up and being being you know uh, your formative years. Yeah. College years. So yeah, so I went to high school outside of Houston, and it was mm-hmm. a really diverse high school. I was one of about. I don't know, maybe like nine to 12 white kids in my graduating class. Um, (laughs) And a lot of series of events led me to go to University of Texas Pan American and meet these ladies. So it was definitely the right choice. And then I catapulted that into a career here in Colorado. But it was like a a reverse culture shock for me because I was like, this white girl that had gotten used to all like the Hispanic Latino culture in the valley because I lived there for five years and then I moved to Colorado and it's, 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 um, definitely different. It's white. It's white. Yeah. <laughs> Hispanic people are the minority oh again. And I was listening to podcasts and, and working in, in newsrooms like I do. And I found myself saying like, Oh, my Latina friends would not be okay with that. <laughs> or like <laughs> my Latina friends would not, this is what they think about that. And 
the election definitely spurred me on to do this because it, it, you know, you guys are all right. There is kind of podcasting is still a really white thing to do and to listen to, I feel like. And it's starting to become a little bit more diverse. But I wanted to, I guess, help be a platform to to kind of get you guys' voices out in the world because you guys have y'all have good things to say <laughs> and you did not like northern fi my my y'all i'm hanging on to it um yeah and i think what y'all have to say as latina women of color is more important now than ever after the craziest fuck election we just had yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so I think you bring up a really good point. Like also just with the election and all the craziness and all of the entering a a time where people feel more comfortable now than before in being racist or, or expressing like these terrible racist views. There's also somewhat, no, not somewhat. There is at least in me and I know in you guys, a desire just to create something positive and put positivity out there and inspiration out there so i don't think we're gonna find we're not gonna we're not gonna have a hard time no finding really cool no ladies to inspire us uh glenn washington uh said this really great thing i saw snap judgment live and he came out at the end of the show like as people were leaving and he's like hey i just got something to say it's hard to hate someone when you know their story And I thought that was so powerful. And I feel like us, like, interviewing people, talking to people, and just getting stories and, you know, positive stories about people's accomplishments and, like, uh, struggles and life. Like, as journalists, that's what we like to do. And I feel like doing that, especially now, is the most important. And so I think I'm taking his words to, like, heart and, like, running with it. I think it's really great. And also, we're we're in major cities, but... I feel like a lot of the podcasts that I listen to come out of DC, New York, or LA. Yeah. And we are in none of those places. So <laughs> yeah. um, if you are a badass woman and you have a story to tell and you don't happen to live in on one of the corners of the world, we got you. Like, <laughs> come to Austin and Denver and we'll talk to you. Our season isn't finished yet, but you guys went out back in January and out to the, the women's march right, that happened in Denver mm-hmm. and did some interviews there. So before we get too far away from that, I think it was a good idea to go ahead and revisit that, to revisit the energy and the majesty of everything that happened. It's been a while since. Yeah. Do you guys, what do you guys remember when you guys went over there? The thing that I the thing that comes to mind for me when I think back about that day was just kind of the solidarity that you saw. Well, here in Denver, I was just kind of blown away because I didn't think, I didn't expect it to be as big as it was because something like that, like coming from the Rio Grande Valley, whenever there's like large movements or protests or things that happen and people in the Valley try to get something going, it's always really small. So being out in Denver in a big city for the first time and being part of that huge protest, it was just kind of overwhelming in all the best ways. And then after we were done with the march and Karen and I went to go get something to eat and they had like CNN on and they just had like clips of protests from all over the world. 
and then finding out that there was a protest on all seven continents was just, it was so mind-blowing that I, I just, to see all the support and everybody equally angry and equally proud. And so I think that's something that's important to remember, even though the Women's March was so, was, you know, quite a few months ago, I think it's important to just remember how we felt that day and just remember that people that were capable of coming together for a cause. That's just my thought. Yeah. And the two parts that I take away are definitely when we're sitting in that Italian restaurant, having the best, <laughs> the best, almost the best pasta of my life. Cause my grandmother's <laughs> Italian. So I need to be careful. Um, sitting in and everyone realizing at once like oh shit this was in paris and germany and europe and, and antarctica and arctic like every everyone being like oh my god what did we just do but in a good way <laughs> um and then also the other moment that i remember is leah and i being shorter than the general denver population <laughs> um we kind of like hustled our way to the front of this crowd at the at the big pavilion in um, uh, the park there in downtown Denver. And once we got to the front, it was like, whew, okay, uh, great. And I don't like crowds. So I was just happy to be like, to not be jostling past people anymore. <laughs> and so I, I'm standing there and I'm watching the speaker speak. And then I, I get an idea like, oh, I wonder what it looks like behind me. And I turn around and it was like, because we were lower than everyone else. Um, I just turned around and there's just this sea of faces of women and men and signs and kids and like kids climbed up on these columns so that they could see and hear the speakers. And it was just like, I have never seen the only other time I've seen people for as far as I can see is at the Obama inauguration in 2009. And it just hit me like a giant wave like frisian <laughs> is a good word. Yeah, so we interviewed a few people from the march just to kind of ask why they were there and what what they planned to do now, you know, following the election, what was their I guess method of other methods of protest or fighting back or, you know, just fighting the good fight and um we got some really great responses from men and women and Children. Little girls that were really well spoken, but it was just an all around great experience. And uh, we're gonna play some of those interviews for you right now. Roll the tape. So, why did you want to come out today? Because, um, because I'm a woman, I'm American. I'm an immigrant, I'm Muslim, I'm Arab, and I wanted to be here to feel not alone, to see how beautiful this is, to see that America's not racist, it's not Donald Trump, and this is a great country. I'm sorry. No, it's totally fine. And I'm blessed to be here. So why did you want to come out today? Um, well, because I don't, I believe that everybody should have the same right and everybody's equal. And just because if somebody's a different race or um, gender doesn't mean they're bad people. How old are you? 
I'm 10. 10. Did you, what about you? Why did you want to come out today? Um, well, I don't know, because I think pretty much the same as her. I think that everybody should get the same rights, and there's really not a huge difference between a lot of people and that they should have the same rights. Is this your first march? Yeah. Yeah. How did you feel when you were marching with everyone? It was um, fun. I felt proud and, yeah, I felt <laughs> proud and, like, just confident. So why did you want to come out and bring the kids today? A couple reasons, actually. One seems very selfish, but I needed to feel better. Mm-hmm. And I, yesterday and this last few months, last year and a half, this whole campaign has been pretty sad and scary and I think it just uncovers a lot of things that have always been there and so I think someone is just healing to be with other people and know that we're not alone and we're going to get through this and we're going to listen to each other and and move forward so someone is just healing but not stopping the activism Um, and I love that we brought all five of these kids here today it's their first activist march I hope it's the first of many and they all of us all the boys the three boys and two girls here can all see that they have a voice and will always have a voice and it's also their job to be a voice with others that maybe don't have the privilege that they have. So can you tell me what your sign says and why you chose it? Well, I wanted something that was going to promote unity and specifically caring for one another is the absolute core to what I believe is going to bring us together. We have to care about everyone's individuality, everyone's difference, everyone's uniqueness, everyone's you know, opinions aren't truth, but we all have them and we have to make room for them. And I'm trying to make room for this administration to come in and it feels like the pendulum is swinging in a particular way that doesn't work for me, like most of us here. But we, I, I want to be here because this is where our voices are going to come together and we have to care for one another. So there's so many different ways of caring. This is just one way. I'm training my daughters as warriors. Oh, nice. <laughs> right. So they know and they can fight themselves, fight for themselves and stand up for themselves. And they know their boundaries and they have the right to say fucking no. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and I went to, you guys to Colorado and I actually went to the Austin one. So when I went to the march, I actually dropped off my sister. She participated in the march and that was more of you know the journalistic type of uh, existence in, in the march but it was so crazy because I dropped her off and I realized that of course I didn't have an SD card in my recorder and I'm like well that was smart actually in my in my phone I'm not sorry my phone I didn't have an recorder? SD card in my camera because oh. I took a lot of pictures that was a lot of twist and turn yeah I know right Ooh, which one which one <laughs> <laughs> and they were already marching and I I just thought it was like because I'd seen protests before, and they would cover the street mostly. And I'm like, yeah, okay, it's people, whatever. I dropped her off, went back to my car, went back to the and I, to the same area. I, sh- I thought, surely, like, that's going to be, like, trickling out with people now. But it was still the same amount, amount of people. And I'm like, what is going on? I turned to my right and looked down Congress, which leads up into the Capitol. And I just see a sea of people and signs. And just, like, you couldn't see the ground, you couldn't see the grass. I was just blown away by how many, how many people were actually there. And, you know, me being, like, naive and being like, wow, this is amazing. Thinking that this was probably, like, one of the biggest ones. I didn't realize on what kind of global scale we were at, actually. You, it was actually, it got kind of scary once you got into the capital, like, area. 
because there was like grandmothers and grandfathers like uh, with walkers participating, infants that had like hats on. And you guys, you guys were in winter clothing over there in Colorado, right? Yeah, it was cold. For us, it was hot. It was, people were passing out. It was like crazy. It must have been like in the, uh, in the high 80s and what, the sun was like beating down and stuff. People were red faced just because it was so like hot and, and people were like almost fainting and whatnot. Yeah, it was crazy. Um... And going through the crowds, because it, it, it bottlenecked a couple of, a couple of times, going into the Capitol grounds and out, and trying to like go through there, I was just blown away by how many people and how many people of all types were there. I went ahead and I got a couple of their stories, and uh, we'll listen to that now. here uh, joining fighting for women's rights because we are very concerned about not losing what women have achieved so far that's why i think it's very important to go with my daughter and my granddaughter to be sure that women have equal pay we are in charge of our own bodies and we can make our own decisions i'm tanya van bree uh -huh. and this is my daughter ellie and she's also six six and a half well, what do you guys think of Oh, um, I felt really in a state of mourning since the election um, was over. Like I, I really, I woke up that morning thinking that I was going to celebrate feminism with my daughter and with my family and to wake up to a different world. Um, I've been in complete disarray for so many weeks now and this is the first time that I feel like I can really come out and and be with my brothers and sisters who feel the same way um, and and feel like we're not, you know, all of the things that we've worked for for so long uh, in this country over the last several years is, is just completely missing from our lives now and, and it's slipping away so quickly. So I, I really just wanted to come out and be with um, people who uh, feel the same way and, and and show my daughter that also we're because we live in Buda. Oh, okay. And there are a lot uh, there. Although Austin is this, you know, this beautiful place of um, lots of open-mindedness, yeah, you know, progression. Uh, Buda, although it's getting there, it's not quite there yet. It's still it, there's there's a lot of folks that don't agree with me, and so um, so it's great to be in the city and feel feel alive and feel really good about what we're gonna fight for. The expectation coming out here was that a statement would be made to a wrongful election, an election that was stolen uh, for the second time. And my expectation was that finally this country would wake up and start to understand what is really happening. And that is that we are losing every right that we have made every gain that has been made and done since the civil rights and we're falling back into that dark hole again and the expectation was if people wake up and hopefully that the heart the mind the thought would all be the same a common thread with all of us and I think it is just looking around you can see everyone's expectations have been met by this March that they everyone is, is together 
everyone is thinking on the same vein and everyone feels the same. What about you? Um, my expectation was that I hope the the legislators, uh, the new president, are, hear our voices. And I think that the gatherings that are taking place today all over the country, all over the world, and we're trying to send them a message, and I hope that they get the message. So it's been a while since the march. Everyone knows about it, so this isn't news to anyone. But we felt it was really important to show up and be there and get these people's voices, not on tape, because that doesn't exist, but on phone tape, because we felt it was important to, to, to record this for history, I think. So if you're having a bad day and you need to kind of recapture that feeling that at least we had on the 21st of January, 2017, like, there you go. You can listen to it. <laughs> all right. Thanks, y'all, for listening. I'm Kristen Cabrera. I'm Nadia Thomas. I'm Leah Juarez. And I'm Karen Antonacci. Thanks for listening. And thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks. Bye. Bye. would like to give special thanks to all our interviewees including those that didn't make it into this episode and big love and thanks to my uncle Raul Garza for creating the theme music for Chingona this season you'll hear the story of a Cuban woman who started her own restaurant without any experience in the field and we'll get to hear a little bit from her mother about her experience visiting Cuba for the first time since fleeing during the Cuban Missile Crisis also a young girl started an anti-slut shaming organization at her high school. You can relive your awkward teens when you get to that episode. We'll also feature stories from a Muslim-American reporter and a zine creator in Austin, just to name a few. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We're at Chingona Podcast. We also have a website, ChingonaPodcast.com. We have our emails listed on the site. If you're a Chingona or know someone who is, get at us. Let us share your story. And until next time.